Hello, everyone. Hello. Good to feel you, whether you're going to be joining here live or joining the replay. <clears throat> Thank you for dropping your energy into this space. Thank you to everyone who's watching on Instagram who's joining. We are going to be, uh, well, we were having a very intimate and vulnerable conversation <clears throat> about a week ago, talking about how far we've come with truly seeing one another and uh, no longer trying to hide ourselves from the other. And we just got into this like very, very potent jam sesh talking about this topic and um, and just the patterns that we used to be in with one another and just how like heart cringingly, you know, it's just so sad to see like how much uh, insecurity was coming up and how we were trying to hide from one another and we were wearing all of these masks. And what was happening is this was blocking us from experiencing true intimacy with one another. Um, so we're going to be taking you on a journey talking about the topic of self-love and why that requires profound vulnerability and authenticity. And that's really that journey is about the journey we're having with ourselves, right? The number one relationship that should always be coming first and foremost within our life is the relationship that we are having with ourselves. And if we're having a relationship with ourselves in which we are running from ourselves or we don't feel comfortable being the full expression of ourselves, then we know when we come into our soulmate partnership, there's going to be some really um, uncomfortable reflections that come through because life and this universal intelligent creation is always wanting to bring us back to homeostasis and bring us back to truth which is why life becomes a reflector and a mirror of all the ways we're hiding from ourselves or running from ourselves or whatever the patterns coming up is <clears throat> so our beloved becomes this beautiful person in our life which can feel really confronting where it's like they are reflecting to us all the ways we're not loving ourselves. Whether that's like you're with your partner and he's emotionally unavailable, it's like, well, where are you not fully available emotionally for your own self and your inner child? So there are so many different like distinctions that we can see here that there are like these mirrors showing up in relationship and um, we just want to take you on a bit of an intimate journey into our own relationship and talk about the things that have been really supportive for us to uproot a lot of this inauthenticity and this lack of true intimacy, you know. Yeah, well, we're, what we've seen, not just within ourselves, but within, you know, people around the world is so many people are hiding themselves from other people, you know, and that happens a lot in relationship where there are two people that come into relationship, but they're actually terrified to truly show their fullest expression of self uh, because of the way in which they might, they might be judged or, or the way in which it might look. But that hiding is not just hiding from your partner, but it's also you basically hiding from yourself and running away from yourself in a way. Mm -hmm. Because when you run away from yourself, you're inherently running away from your partner. And then true intimacy cannot happen because true intimacy only happens when you are basically, you, you lay there bare and raw and allow your partner to see you in all of your darkness and all of your shit and all of your indoctrinations or your past or your trauma or whatever it is. And, and allow her to see that or him to see that and be okay with that but what so many people do is they try to hide all of that you know darkness or shadow or whatever you want to call it from their partner and then 
true intimacy cannot take place because it's almost like each partner is like trying to connect with the other, but it's impossible because there's a part of the other person that's being hidden. And <clears throat> this is played out between Sarah and I because, you know, when we first met, there were things that she was trying to hide from me because she didn't want me to judge her and vice versa. There were things that I was trying to hide from her because I didn't want her to judge me or think about me differently or, or, or you know, uh, yeah, I guess judge me overall. And deem you unworthy in yeah, some Deem way. me unworthy or, or even, yeah, vice versa. And, and it's only when we have allowed one another to see our full expression of self and being vulnerable in that and allow our partner into our deepest, darkest aspects of life and see our shadow and see our reactions and see our, our frustrations and just allow that because... It's, it's in that allowing th there is healing. Mm -hmm. And it's only when you allow that opening to happen and, and create that opening between one another that the true healing takes place and the true intimacy takes place. Yeah, and so this, this talk <coughs> that we're offering today, this session is definitely going to be around soulmateship uh, and being with your beloved or being with a person um, but I think the central thesis of what we're sharing is really the journey we're having with ourselves. So it doesn't matter if you're in partnership or not, because um, the relationship that we're having with a romantic partner and all of our friends, all of our family is always going to be a direct reflection of the relationship that we're having with ourselves. Mm. So if you really want to have deep intimacy and whether you know it or not, every human is yearning and longing for deep intimacy. We just want to feel completely seen for who we are. We want others to let us in so that we can fully just see the depths of their inner world without needing to hide things. And so we are all longing for this. We're all yearning for this, but it becomes an impossibility when we are running away from aspects of ourselves. And like, let's just own it. We're all doing it uh, to a certain degree, some more than others. And this spiritual path, this healing path is the path of really just walking towards uh, looking at everything and like going into the depths of your underworld and not compartmentalizing and go, well, this shouldn't be here. This is good. This is bad. La la la. The world of duality of like, I don't want this, but like, you know, and so it's about actually like going within and looking at all of that and metabolizing it and owning it as like, okay, this is where I'm at. This trauma is here. I feel really closed off to men. And maybe you even feel like you've got a pattern of, I hate men. And maybe you have a very valid reason to feel that way. Maybe that pattern, you know, that's just like a coping mechanism. But we all have these different things within us, these patterns. And until we're ready to look at them and like really look at them, really face them and get honest about them, then we're inherently running from that aspect of self. And therefore we can't have true intimacy with another because they're not able to feel you to the depths of yourself because mm. you're not feeling yourself to the depths. Yeah, that's actually exactly what happened to Sarah and I is in 2019, we came together, but there was a part of me that was not ready. It, it, I didn't feel ready to like fully create like the relationship that we've created now because I was running from parts of myself. And it was only until I faced those parts of myself that I was previously running from and allowed them to pass through me and basically transcend them 
or at least at a minimum just feel them and be with them and just sit with them then and only then was I actually ready to be in partnership with Sarah but prior to that it like when someone is running away from themselves and running away from the things that they truly need to look at you're not ready for a relationship especially if your partner is is doing that work is doing that shadow work and is looking at their crap and another partner isn't it's like the relationship just isn't going to work that played out with Sarah and I and it was only when I was able to stop running away from the things that I I was running away from and instead turn around and face them be with them let them go allow them to pass through me then I was able to at least be ready to be in partnership mm. Yeah, and you know, there's going to be a lot of people who enter into partnerships where it's like you're doing the work, you know, I think a huge um, percentage of this audience is going to be women and whether you're in a soulmate relationship right now or you're not and you're wanting to, you know, enter into that phase of your life, we have to understand that there is a very, very common theme that's playing out on planet Earth right now, which is the women are doing a lot of the work and they're showing up for the work. Perhaps not the case in your case, it, everyone's different. But there is a theme where the women are showing up and saying like, yes, I'm willing to do this. I want to walk my spiritual path with conviction. I want to walk my healing path. And then the men are in a lot of saboteur energies as other women, just to a different extreme. The men are in hardcore saboteur energies right now where, you know, like they're running from their emotions. They're running from true intimacy and they're just, you know, um, jerking off a lot or watching a lot of porn or going out and drinking beers with the boys on the weekend or whatever it is. Um, I kind of want to speak into that for a moment because like that was something that was playing out with you and I. And I think what the invitation here is that you hold the ability to be transmuting things from your system and holding such a high quality pristine level of awareness which is another term for you can expand your consciousness and anyone who is spending a lot of time in your auric field is going to be transforming with you you know i look at my mum, who spent an awful lot of time around myself and my two conscious sisters and she is just expanding yes she drinks alcohol and yes she's like you know got all of her other stuff that she's not looking at but there is something within her consciousness that is just innately expanding and so we can see that even the most unconscious folk whether that's your parents whether it's your family or whether it's your partner they will it's almost like they will be forced into expanding if you are doing the work yourself you know like you start to pull people on the path with you yeah, and that can be very terrifying for people that you're in relationships with or that like like people, members of your family, when you start to awaken, it forces them to awaken too. And there's a part of their lower self and limited self that oftentimes doesn't want to awaken and doesn't want to change. And I've seen this time and time again. It's happened in my life. It's happened in Sarah's life where when I first had my awakening in 2015, it freaked my family out because their soul knew oh shit something's changing now like on a deep level and i have to change just being surrounded by this so my awakening caused my mother's and my father's and my brother's like souls to start awakening as well and that could be a very challenging time you know there can be a lot of resistance that comes up in family members or in relationship where they don't want you to change. They don't want you to have that transformation because they're so used to this state of homeostasis that happens in the relationship where people are just kind of 
they find this like normal flow within one another. And then as soon as you start pushing the boundaries of what that flow has traditionally been, it kind of freaks them out because it like makes rocky water for a little bit, but it's absolutely necessary for yourself to continue on that path and almost allow the waters to get rocky until you find another state of homeostasis at a higher level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And they will inherently also thank you and your relationships will get better with them. Again, whether it's someone that you're dating or a long-term boyfriend or a husband, wife, or family member, where in the long run, when you begin to awaken, and yeah, there is a lot of uh, challenging times when that, when that happens, but the relationships will start to find a new state of homeostasis at a higher level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is extremely beneficial, not just for you, but also for them. Yeah, and it's not your job to be, you know, downgrading your consciousness right. and downgrading the spiritual codes that are inherently coming alive within you to try and make other people feel comfortable and to remain in that homeostasis. Totally. Something that's coming through that I want to share, which I haven't thought about in such a long time, is like when we first came together romantically in, say, when we lived in California and then we moved to Copenhagen and Bali, I was having many, many moments where it was like my soul knew I loved this man. I mean, my soul had known since the moment I met him, um, but he was still in pockets of unconsciousness that I had just pierced through. And a lot of the time we would sit down and enter into conversations and I would kind of have this heart, sorry baby, I would have this heart sinking feeling of like, this feels so empty like he just doesn't get it he's just like he's not on my level and and then like I would try and take us a bit deeper and then his mind would take us up into like the physical realm and then he went through a huge awakening through like the the situation of pretty much nearly nearly losing me where I moved to Thailand and um and we were just like don't know what was happening with our relationship at the time and I met someone else a beautiful man who's actually part of this Facebook group <laughs> and um and we just started exploring intimately and um more so like emotionally and I told Ryan he was like in India and I'm like I've met someone else and then I told him that the day before he went into a 10-day silent retreat which is so brutal like but he went so. into this retreat, like had the biggest awakening yeah. and pretty much like didn't sleep the whole time, was no. barely eating and was having all of these remembrances of all of our past lives. Like he was going through an extreme time. And um, and then he came out of that silent retreat. He said to me so many times, Sass, I understand now. And yeah. I like, I've even seen a part of his journal, like where he was at the time being like, I'm getting everything that Sass was talking about to me. I didn't get it before and now I get it and I get her depth and I'm ready and I'm ready and I'm ready. So I just want to say for anyone who's hanging around some unconscious folk, whether that's your family, your friends or your partner, that anything is possible and that like I truly thought like oh, like I love exploring with him right now but there's an expiry date to this probably unless something huge changes and god forbid it did something huge change and I haven't had that feeling in years now I would say at least you know 18 months or something where I've sat down in the conversation and been like I wish that he was just a little bit more deep or a little bit more spiritual if anything it's like he's challenging me challenging me to upgrade on a daily basis you know in all of my little reactionary things when my inner child comes out and he just drank my pineapple juice and fucking pineapple juice and he's the one that's just like holding steady and being like baby like this doesn't matter like 
come on, like snap out of that level of consciousness. We've got better things we need to focus on in our life and our mission and our purpose. So I just want to say that anything is possible and that we should never expect that people are going to be locked, especially the men. We can't expect the men are going to be locked there because men are going through so many upgrades right now. Yeah, and I think um, you brought up this men part and I was, I was going to go this direction and then you brought up this potential other direction. Okay, so. you can go back there. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, could. you want me to move? No, it's okay. Okay. What I've found dealing with family members that are somewhat unconscious is like sometimes you might just need to give them a little bit of time. Like if you have your, you know, awakening, if you will, or if you start challenging the status quo and it really freaks them out too much, like maybe you just need to take some space from that family member for some time. That's what I had to do. And it actually was very beneficial to our relationship. And then also in the long run, caused that person to start to awaken and start to open up to the types of ideas that I was sharing with him and, and, you know, and communicating to him throughout the years. But it's almost like he needed a little bit of space to like be prepared for it, you know, a little bit like, like, you know, in a sense, I needed the space that I had in, in India where I needed to get prepared. And then I had this like awakening in India about our relationship. So I think overall space is a very important thing. And so many people think that space is this bad thing, you know, like even especially parents, when you take space from them and you move apart or if you don't see them for some time, there's this inherent program that thinks, oh, that's bad that shouldn't happen and it's like why like who says that i i know there's a part of you that's saying that mother or father or whichever family member that you're talking about but that space is actually very beneficial for each person to grow especially individually without any sort of codependency on that family member so that's just something i wanted to share mm -hmm. is that space especially with family members or people once you've had you know disrupted the equilibrium of that relationship creating some space is super healthy and it shouldn't be deemed upon or frowned upon like it's a bad thing and and I'm, I'm still somewhat confused as to why so many people think of like oh if I don't see that person for a month or if I don't see my family for three months like oh that's a bad it's like why well like, I can, can, I, can <laughs> we I have the phone that? we can call them at any time like traditionally we would have had to go on a ship and not see our family members or hear from them for like six months at a time. And like just a little letter that was, you know, delivered on like a little pigeon. Like <laughs> we could call them at any time. So it's not that big of a deal and space is super helpful, but yes. Let me in. You're in. There's so much codependency in families. Totally. It's like there's so much and we see it so much because we're nomads. So we live overseas and all of the people we spend time around are people who have left their family in another yeah. country to move here. And the common thread that is so common in these situations is the guilt and the shame. Oh, totally. Oh, I feel like I've left my family. Now I need to go home. Do you want to go home back to I've got one of my close girlfriends in Ubud just booked her flight back to Switzerland. I'm like, do you want to go back? She's like, no, but I think I should, you know, and it's like, we all do this, right? It's like that, that guilt and the shame and the contraction of you speak to your family, like, I really miss you. And you're like, I know I'm such a bad girl for being over here, but it's like, like we can't live like that like we can't buy into all of the codependency and all of the quantum entanglement unhealthy imbalance quantum entanglement between us and our family members because we have to come here and live our greatest purpose and our highest joy totally 
And when I was most recently in California, I, some of you may know this, I got stuck in California throughout the pandemic. Uh, and I was with my family the majority of that time. And um, while Sarah was in Australia and we were apart for about 11 months, which was pretty intense. But um, yeah, my, my family, like the night before, I mean, the weeks before I was gonna leave and come to Bali, uh, but especially the night before, my family was really having a hard time. My mother and my father, like my dad was like crying, like legitimately. He would have to like he go in the cry. other room. Yeah, he'd have to go in the other room and like just like cry because he was so sad. And and um, I, I just told him, I said, I said, look, Pops, like I understand that you want to keep me for you. It's fine. I think it's fine. Let <laughs> me see. It's fine, or do we need to reset it? No, I think it's fine. It generally just like it generally comes right back on. I'm gonna keep going because I'm expecting that this is gonna come right back. Our connection issue just happened. Uh, so what I was saying to my father is, I I told him I was like, look, pops, I understand that you want to keep me around for you, but what you need to understand is that when you let me go, especially willingly you are allowing me to show up for the world. So in you trying to keep me around for you, that's a very selfish thing to do. And I know that that's hard, like that's a hard pill to swallow, but if you want me around, you are depriving the world of my gifts, of my magic, of what I can truly offer other people and the rest of the planet. Like we all have the ability to literally impact the trajectory of this entire life for every person on this planet. And if our parents are so selfish enough that they don't want us to do that because they selfishly want us to be around them, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's really that simple. And so I was telling my pops and my mother, like, when you guys let me go, you're giving me to the world. And that is the most selfless thing that you can do. And that is what you should do and what is right, because when you do that, I'm able to actually show up for the planet mm -hmm. and shift this life and shift the consciousness on a global scale. We all can. We all have that ability within us. I think that we should check on this. So we can't end the video because then it might end. See, look. I know, but it's not filming. No, 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 it, but that's what I'm saying. It is filming because that ticker is counting and within a short amount of time, that's gonna refresh. I know that like this- Okay, anyone, we've got nine people supposedly watching live here. So, um, are we still live? Anyone who's watching right now, please give us some feedback. Not you guys. Hello everyone over here. Could you talk about low libido in relationship? You guys are clear right now. It just gets interrupted sometimes. Oh, nice. Thank you, love. Uh, yes, we can talk about low libido. Yes, maybe. yes, you are live. Cool. Okay. Amazing. Like Went out for a bit, stuff. but working now. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all. Beautiful. Um, okay, can I? Yes, nice. Cool. Hi, We're Megan. Good. Hi, Brianna. Okay, yeah, so I want to share a little bit about like when I when I met Ryan and this is the first conscious partnership I've ever been in. So any other relationship that I've ever been with with another man has been easier to my ego and one sometimes when we're like in the thick of it goes, why can't I just be back in that, you know, level of consciousness playing in that playground? But 
obviously, you know, that's not, that's not possible. So this is the first time I've been consciously looking at these things. So it feels as though it's like it, I can blame him for everything that I've been feeling in this partnership. But in a nutshell, like it's not, it's not very active anymore. But we met four years ago and I can't tell you how unworthy I felt. Like my self-love was so low. I met him about two months after I had left New York and I was still really puffy faced. You know, if you look back at my earliest YouTube videos, it's like literally at this time, very puffy in the face, still got some acne scars, still got hirsutism, my hair still falling out, <clears throat> got a huge eating disorder. Um, that you're yeah. going to say huge ego. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. And it, it was just the reflections were so uncomfortable. But there was this, it was a dichotomy because there was also like, I felt like he was seeing me and loving me in a way a man has never seen me and loved me, you know, not even my own father. And, um, and he was constantly giving me the most beautiful reflections of how beautiful I was and how much of a goddess I am. We used to use that kind of terminology back then. Um, it went out for a bit, but working now. I wonder why internet's crap. Um, and so, yeah, it was this really challenging experience where all of the ways I wasn't loving myself were bubbling up to the surface and I was literally forced to look at it. I was forced to look at it, um, especially because, you know, because I was in these self-hatred patterns and I had low self-love, we couldn't be a frequency match for partnership. Uh, even though I was having, you know, some feelings for him back then from pretty much the time we started co-parenting Lexi, um is this okay yeah okay. why not no please yeah look it's still counting it's okay. fine i think what's happening is because we have instagram live and this they're both going live at the same time they're, oh, and they're interrupting should we stop the instagram I, I don't know but i know that that's what's happening should we stop the instagram, be on instagram. i know what did it say yes it did Instagram, I think we're going to have to stop you because we don't have enough internet. Um, but if you would like to catch the replay of this entire video, please go join the Soul Tribe. It's linked in my bio. Yeah, it's perfect over here, love, but we're having connection problems on the desktop. Um, so yes, if you would like to catch this video live, we'll talk about libido at the end. Please go join the Facebook and watch that video. I love you so much. Um, yeah, this will probably be uploaded on YouTube as well, so I'll yeah. share it there as well. On both of our channels. Okay, bye loves. Thank you for bearing with us, Facebook people. We just ended the Instagram people, so there's less lag. Okay, I'm just gonna turn that Wi-Fi off. Yeah. Okay, cool. We are back. What was I talking about? Self-love. Lexi. So, okay, we were close. So I was having feelings for him. As was I. <laughs> That's news to me. No, no we, we kissed. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was a confusing time. Yeah, yeah it was confusing. Um, but what was coming up is that because I wasn't loving myself, we couldn't be a frequency match. So this is another thing. It's like if we really want to be in partnership with like the partner that we really want to be with. Like, you know, it's like, not that I suggest we have a list that we're like trying to check down, but there should be standards of like, 
he or she is totally emotionally available you know I, I would doubt it would be anything like too physical but it should be like you know they want to grow with me they're on the spiritual path perhaps it's even something like they're on the detox or vegan path whatever your non-negotiables are you should have them because you're worthy of that mm. but the truth is if we're not loving ourselves and caring for ourselves and just like embracing ourselves and all of our flaws then it becomes very challenging for us to become a match for someone that we would be truly interested in because as soon as we are putting anyone on any kind of a pedestal look at my like fingers what has what has happened on a frequency energetic level if you've put them up now you're below and those frequencies like the only time it can really match up is when we have a true like connection here um, so it's it was confronting like for the first like few years of our connection of all of the reflections of you know where I wasn't fully loving myself but what happened is I kind of just like we just became friends and let each other go and kept on moving on our travels we were separate for like two years and what I did during that time is I called in another relationship, which was like the hardest reflections of all, the yoga teacher I was dating in India. But I kept on working on myself in this time. And I kept on finding ways of like, oh, I'm not loving myself there. Or I'm rejecting that part of myself. Or I'm rejecting I've got this trauma. Or I'm rejecting this part of my body. You know, it was like a very physical thing for me, like learning how to just love my body and what I am in this life. And the more I did that, it's like when we came together in California, I had just launched the intuitive healing program. I was working with like, you know, probably like 20 one on one clients. I was like busy coaching, um, stepping into my purpose and loving myself so much more, so much more like embracing myself. So when I came to California, immediately I could feel that pattern for him of like, let's just be friends had totally shifted. Mm. It was like he was totally available to start exploring and then that felt right for both of us so we want to talk about self-love because like self-love is literally everything it is the medicine for everything in all areas of life including your entrepreneurial pursuits but also when it comes to being in your soulmate partnership it's like the secret source that just makes everything come online yeah because self-love is effectively like knowing your self-worth in a way and so when you have low self-love you're basically having low self-worth and when someone in a relationship or like not necessarily just an intimate relationship but like also a friendship or a family member when there's one person that has a low self-worth and thus low self-love it's it's as Sarah was saying, it's like not a frequency match. Like it can create a lack of frequency match and a lack of polarity, you know? Like, I mean, even just the past week for me, I actually was going through a little bit of lack of self-love and thus lack of self-worth. And it created this weird polarity between us or lack of polarity between us where there actually wasn't as much of a sexual connection or like a, a soul-like attraction in that sense because the the polarity seemed to be gone you know i was as a result of having a little bit less self-love was a little bit more in my feminine a little bit less in my masculine and then that caused her to like just you know get go a, into my masculine yeah yeah <laughs> but also just like the the polarity of like the masculine and the feminine and just like that kind of play it it, it kind of canceled itself out because i wasn't like i was i guess 
just diving in into a little bit of my feminine and dealing with a little bit of lack of self-worth stuff over just this past week due to a few things that came up. And, um, and so it's really important that we have like self-love and we're diving into that and we know our worth and we know how important we are and how much how worthy we are of individual people or things that are happening in our lives you know it's like the self-worth of what are you truly worthy of and ultimately you're worthy of everything you know you're worthy of the world and yet our smaller selves like don't believe that sometimes we get into like these weird things Mm -hmm. of feeling like down on ourselves and hard on ourselves and it's it's a slippery slope but it's it's not helpful for us to stay there it's okay to go there it's okay to feel those feelings if that comes up like that's fine but to stay there is like incredibly toxic not just for your the people that surround you but like for your own psyche it's not it's, it's a very it's toxic so place true. to stay yeah it's 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 not truth exactly and that's why that's when we know something is is not truth is when we when we have this emotion and it feels like ugh it has that like gut wrenching like oh that's an icky thought or that's an icky feeling like your body is physically telling you that is not the truth of who you are and what you're about on this planet so when you think oh i have lack of self-worth this thing happened and oh i'm not worthy it's like your body is literally saying no don't believe in that don't even go there like that Mm -hmm. you're having a visceral reaction and a gut-wrenching like stomach turning experience because your body knows what you're thinking or what you're trying to believe is not the truth of of life is not the truth of the universe yeah it's coming out of alignment it's like oh that contraction of like no this is the truth yeah and what i want to say to like the last week of what was coming up is like that's the beauty of being with your soulmate is that okay yes there was less polarity and if he's more in his mass if he's more in his feminine energy that naturally creates an energy imbalance in which my inner wounded masculine goes all right well i got to drive this ship then and it comes online and And, um obviously that's not healthy and that's something that i'm working with but the beauty of being in your soulmate relationship is that you know people can go through periods of deep trauma work or oh i'm not having much self-worth or you know i'm not making much money i'm feeling really vulnerable and it's like it doesn't matter because like that's you know your your love for each other is so deep and all-encompassing that it's like i don't need you to be a certain way in order to be loved so there's a distinction of like just unconditional love no matter what but we also want to be showing up and working towards our north star and knowing our worth and loving ourselves and looking at our stuff and going into periods of deep shadow work but really really standing in our conviction of just how freaking powerful and amazing we are and if we're not hanging out there over a long period of time we can expect that it's going to have a serious impact on our relationship because the polarities and the energies have completely become imbalanced. So it's really interesting also to look at, did you have anything you wanted to add? I did, yeah. The authenticity part plays into that as well because we have to be authentic in order for us to allow ourselves to feel what we need to feel. Like what we were saying in the beginning of uh, of the video is so many of us are running from ourselves and so many of us are not desiring to share our fullest expression of self with our partner because we're terrified that they might judge us or see us in a in a weird way but if you're not being vulnerable with your partner you're not being authentic with your partner but specifically you're also not being authentic with yourself and so it's really important that like like 
it's okay for these feelings to come in and it's actually really important that you don't just brush them under the rug and and like there's lack of self-worth that comes in and you just say no i'm not going to feel that and just like Mm -hmm. put it away in some like dark corner of your psyche and and just keep working and keep like pretending that that's not there and it just stays with you your entire life Mm -hmm. because you're just dragging it around because you're just trying to avoid looking at it and avoid looking at it and avoid looking at it and that's what so many people do in this life is they 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 cover up those things by being busy you know, or getting distracted or their vices or, or TV success. or alcohol or drugs or more success or business or achievements. Yeah. So I don't mean to say that 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 lack of self-worth should never come up and you just should know your worth and it never it's like, no, 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 no. That's not a reality. These, these things are going to come up and it's your duty to go into them and allow them to be here and sit with them. And what most people do is they just try to pretend like, oh, I don't feel lack of self-worth. Oh, I don't like to go back into my past. I don't even think about things in the past because I don't want to, you know, stir shit up. And it's like, well, you're just running from yourself. You're not being authentic with yourself. You're not being authentic with with what you're actually here to do. You're the sole work that you've come here to do as a spirit into this human body, you know? So it's really important that we're doing that shadow work. It's really important that we are being authentic enough to have these feelings or have these emotions come up and be willing to at least sit with them. Maybe not even dive into them initially, but just be with them and just allow them to happen. Jesus Christ. We're good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do not take the Lord's name in vain. (laughs) I had something to say, what was it? What were you just talking well, about? Well, I'm, I'm just trying to think if I'm done. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> maybe going into those feelings or going into those emotions might be a little too troublesome or too intense to think about right now. But maybe, maybe just sitting with them and just being with them and just being okay that you're feeling that way of, of wow, I'm just feeling really sad or I'm feeling really lonely. And you don't need to figure out why. You don't need to go into like, how does this connect to my childhood experience of this sometimes and that? And that. You do. Yes, sometimes you do work. for sure. Yeah, no, like sometimes you do for sure. But then, but I think as you're initially doing it, it's it's just super beneficial to just be present with that feeling that's coming up being, or, or that emotion that's coming up. Just, just be with it. Just say, you know, I'm just feeling sad mm. and I'm just gonna cry mm. and I'm just gonna be okay being sad. Mm. And it's okay for me not to feel like happy and joyous. Like it's okay for me to feel sad and just allow yourself to feel that because when these emotions come up, they just want to be felt. That's all emotions are is they just want to be felt and and then they will pass through you. They're like clouds in the sky. Like you just look at them and then they just keep passing. But if you put a wall up there, like it's gonna have something to hit against. If you, the wall of like, no, I don't wanna feel that. I'm just gonna brush that under the rug and pretend like I never feel sad because I'm just this all powerful, masculine man or woman you know it's like no no not healthy yeah um well what i wanted to share is that it's not our inner adults that are feeling out of touch with self-love and are feeling low self-worth like i like to see like the inner adult is like the one that's like got its shit together and it's like it knows what it needs to do and this and that yes the adult and your adulthood is being impacted but when we're having these patterns come up and these feelings of these belief systems and these structures within the psyche and these energies within the body that are limited and contracted and fearful and not feeling like they are enough in any way 
that is just imprints of the child psyche and consciousness at a moment where it's split off because reality reflected to it you know we all know what the world is currently moving through right now and and children are moving through these reflections where their light is dimmed you know we were driving to you know wherever we were going last night and there was this kid on a scooter in front of us a little indonesian kid and ryan was looking at him and like waved and he like looked and then he looked again and then turned around and went like this and then i said something like under my breath i think something like oh he's not feeling worthy and then ryan was like oh is that a worthiness thing and we started talking about how like kids at that age around like eight nine ten start to go through serious like whenever i'm doing client work it's like we go back to eight nine ten so often mm. because it's like a very very um serious and significant age it's pre-pubescent but it's when we're making a lot of convictions and vows which are really really strong decisions and they're locking themselves into the body where we're deciding where we're not good enough and that's usually coming through reflections of experiences we had with teachers or children especially with our parents and our siblings and so we can see that as we're adults, until these things are looked through, and as he said, it's like, don't have to find the exact root of this happened at seven because someone pushed me over. Instead, it's like just getting in touch with the energy is enough. Mm. Going within and creating enough spaciousness for that energy to be as it is and creating full allowance for it, it will already begin to move. And you can practice this through the next time a trigger comes up, literally just say no to, the, to your day and take three whole minutes, put a stopwatch on your phone if you have to take three whole minutes of just going in and like locating that energy in the body predominantly could be in the heart but it will be in one of the seven chakra regions find it in the body and just create so much space for it like open it up and i promise you hand on heart after those three minutes have passed you'll be feeling lighter it won't have a grip on you anymore so all of this like um, debris is just coming up in our system from childhood because as I said, the universe is always just trying to bring us back into homeostasis and the body and the energy body, which is the emotional body, is constantly looking to heal. There's never a single second in your entire life where your whole system isn't trying to heal something, which is why triggers come up and reflections come up and we enter into a partnership that's abusive and we get all of these reflections that like, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, because it's like, well, women with PCOS, we develop diseases which tear us apart from our physical identity and our beautiful body because we already were experiencing low self-love. And then we have this experience where life is trying to look, show us, like, look at what you're feeling about yourself. And if you're not going to look at it, I will make you look at it. Take off all her hair and give her acne and hirsutism. Then she's going to have to look at how much she's not treasuring herself and seeing how precious and beautiful she truly is. Yeah, and I, I felt that, like, when, when Sarah and I first met each other, I felt Sarah's lack of self-worth. And in a sense, I responded to it. I was unaware of it consciously at the time, but like I could feel that within her. And then I would, you know, I, I obviously was like, like trying to help her on it. But then there are also ways in which like I kind of fed off of that and I wasn't trying to add to it or anything, but like I could feel the lack of self-worth that was there. And that's why I I did my best to just share with you like how beautiful you are and how amazing you are, you know, and just like shower you with so much love because I saw this like little child in a way who was just like not wor feeling worthy of yeah. herself or the world, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, I could see the the same thing in you, oh, just a different sure. flavor, you know, like totally. the man, it's usually about like success and stuff. But for me, it was such a physical thing. I remember one day we got off the scooters and I had like just looked at like my cheek in the scooter mirror, like because I was like with very bad acne scars at the time. And I looked at him, I was like, do you ever notice my acne scars? And like, it was so vulnerable. Oh my God. I was so, it was so tender, this feeling of like, do you see like my flaws or like I think I asked him this question and he like kind of looked at me and just thought oh no I don't even notice them or he responded in some way that just made me feel even worse but it's like I, I viscerally remember how tender it felt to feel like I wasn't enough and to feel like something was deeply deeply wrong with me mm. and um, yeah just so much love for those beautiful beings and like we're not really we're not in those patterns a lot anymore like things come up but there is so much more love here internally. And I feel that that's what's driving the relationship forward in a sense. Well, and I also think that one of the main things that's helping to drive the relationship forward as well is our willingness to look at our shit. Mm. You know, it's like, it's very easy out of relationship to get away with not looking at your stuff because no one can call you out. So you just pretend like, oh, I've just got my shit together and I'm just this like super conscious Ubudian person. Who's, Why do we <laughs> always mess on the Ubudian? Because well, it's such an easy... It's such an easy target. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an Ubudian now, excuse me. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's so easy for us to not look at our stuff when we're outside of relationship, but... Um, but one of the things that's been helping drive our relationship forward is our willingness, each of us, to go into the things that we need to look at, you know, and it's confronting. Sarah will see something within me and she'll say, hey, can I give you a reflection? And then she'll say it. And sometimes it's like, oh, cool, I can see that. And then other times I'm like, oh, I wish you didn't say that or make me look at it because I don't want to look at it, you know, and vice versa. I do the same thing with her. And, and so... I think that one of the main points that I want to make here is how important it is to do that. But also the society that we're living in right now is filled with distractions. Like people don't know what it's like to be bored anymore. They're constantly looking at their phone. I mean, I remember I was in Thailand on a subway system and everyone was looking at their phone, everyone. And I was looking around and I was like, oh my gosh, no one's talking to each other. Everyone's just glued to the phone. And so when we have our phones distracting us constantly and we have the TV or the alcohol or the drugs distracting us, whatever it is that your vice is, that is you running away from what you need to look at. And we have a society that does that. Like I was a master at doing that, of trying to use things to run away from the things that I need to look at. And whether it was alcohol once upon a time or, you know, tobacco or whatever, weed, you know, and and I eventually got myself to a place where I realized that all these things that I was doing, all these vices once upon a time, including like the phone, is me not looking at my stuff, but also me trying to run away from the things that I truly need to look at by looking at the shiny object or by taking this thing that makes you feel good for a second. Uh, so it's really important that we're not giving into how all of society operates right now. and take the time away from the phone, take the time away from the distractions and be with what you need to look at because it's only then that you can actually go to your next level and that you can raise your consciousness. If you're not willing to look at your shadow, if you're not willing to look at the things that you've been carrying in that little black box that mm. has been with you your entire life of all the crap that's happened to you that you just put away and just shove away in the corner of your mind, 
if you don't open that box and start going through it and start just being with it and being okay with it, it's gonna haunt you the rest of your life. Yeah, I I wanna presence Brie, we're gonna, Brianna, we're gonna get to you in just a moment, but <clears throat> there's like something that wants to be shared. That's um, a gecko, by the way. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Uh, so the one last night, gecko. all night, it was so bad. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> there's something there, like when he was just saying, when Brian was just saying that sometimes I go, can I offer you a reflection? He's like, yeah, and vice versa. And then sometimes we'll give the reflection and there's this feeling of like, don't make me look at this. And it's like that contraction. And this comes up with with a lot of different things, whether you're in partnership or not, where it's like you see something and it's like, I would rather eat my left foot <laughs> than sit in my room and look at that right now. Like, no, but there's something so potent there. Like that is the gold when we sit with and it happens with me and my psychotherapist that i'm working with sometimes like there was six he's, he wrote it down he said on seven occasions today you said to me just before you told me something i really don't want you to know this but i'm gonna tell you anyway seven and that's the gold it's like when we like go in and we go oh i've just seen something and i want to reveal this aspect of me i want to look at this aspect of me not only that i want to make love with this aspect of me yeah. usually it's going to be something that's in that little black box and it's it's it could be to do with sexual shame it could be to do with body shame it could be to do with a memory for men it's probably going to be around like i don't know this or that i'm not a man so i don't know um but when we go in and we like we are brave enough to open that little black box and we just like allow some like so like molecular spaciousness just to open in that thing and we're like okay okay this is here and this is you know an experience that's here for me right now it's not the truth of what i am but i'm going to really look at the way that i've been using food as medicine i'm gonna you know not in a healthy way but like binge eating as medicine and i'm gonna look at the way that i've been using this sabotage pattern or this coping mechanism i'm gonna look at the way that every time i go to an event i always end up just trying to avoid eye contact like for me every time i ever go to a retreat i like stay away from everyone and just like spend a lot of time in my room and it's like very uncomfortable to look at like there's like a part of me that's terrified of humans you know and it's like I don't want to admit that right here I don't even want to look at that within myself but because I've created enough space to look at all of these things and we're both doing this on a day-to-day -day occasion it creates this like opening for so much new life and abundance and beauty and intimacy to come and fill its space because if we keep that little black box tucked there all condensed and like I don't want to look at it it's locked it's locked in place but when we open it and we let it channel through our body and we allow ourselves to be fully seen in it then it starts to really create more space where like new light can take its place new life force yeah I mean so much of what we experience on a day-to-day -day basis is normal and we often feel like we're the only ones experiencing these things we feel like we're alone mm -hmm. and so there's a part of us that wants to deny our feeling of these things that come up because oh i don't want to like i should just pretend to be normal like everyone else is being normal and you know just being that hyper masculine like do 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 gotta get shit done you know i'm just super busy right now sorry i can't talk like and, and, and we often forget that the feelings that we're experiencing in our everyday life, the emotions, everything 
especially given how cut off we feel from the world nowadays, given everything that's going on in the, in the, in the world, it's so easy for us to think that we're all in this alone. And that's one of the reasons why we're creating these videos and why we're showing up on Facebook Live, but also on our YouTube channels and our future TikTok videos and everything like that is to like, is to, to bring the awareness around these types of things that happen in life in general, in relationships and in, in just the way in which that we live our lives and in allowing people to ultimately realize that they're not alone in what they're going through. Like that is the thing that I most desire in these videos is to let people know that I know what you're going through and I've been there and if not, I will be there, you know, and, and, and to not allow people to feel alone because I mean, that's, that's a huge lesson for me this past week of I felt like actually kind of alone going through what I've been going through. And then I go to these men's circles, which is basically a bunch of men getting around a bonfire in like just someone's villa and going around and sharing stories, you know, and sharing what we're up to and sharing, not, not what we're up to, but like how we're feeling, you know, just a bunch of men being vulnerable with a bunch of men. And I've gone to two this past week and the realization was like, holy crap, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. Like these other men are going through very similar things that I'm going through. and. I realized like, wow, that's the reason why I'm showing up on YouTube. That's the reason why I'm creating these videos is because I wanna give people the impression that they're not alone and that I know what they're going through and, and I'm gonna do everything in my power to help them get through what they're going through because that sense of loneliness and that sense of like, oh, I'm just a weird one. I'm the only one going through this stuff. Like, no, it couldn't be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. Let's look at Brianna's comment. Sure. Oh, are you both generators in human design? I'm a generator, he's a manifesting generator. So yes, basically. Yes, pretty much. Can you? Oh, it's already open. Self-hatred and judgment has been a pattern for me since I was super little. I even still today hold on to words bullies said in elementary school. In my last relationship, I was cheated on with a bombshell of a woman. I remember my ex saying, why do you not wear makeup? I was surprised and responded because because I'm not into it. And he said, never. Although I fully moved on from that partnership, that conversation made huge ripples. Mm. I even pursued a career in the beauty industry, which I do love, but its deepest roots are in insecurity. Mm. I want to call in a close friend, but I feel like this energy is impossible to shake off. Even when I look at a man, I have to look away when he makes eye contact. I feel guilty almost. Yeah, it's like what I want to share about that is like I can so relate. Like I remember being on a date with this man in Sydney when I lived in Sydney and I was a total bombshell and I was like was? dating. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bombshell? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I was dating this guy. Oh, sorry, but I just kind of cringe when I think about him. Is this the guy that started with an R? No. Okay. Um, I started with an R, I don't even know the that. The name. Yeah, I don't even it's know. Pieces. No, stop. <laughs> okay, yes, this man was super, super superficial and like we would just go out to really fancy restaurants on Sydney Darling Harbour and do a bit of cocaine and just that kind of lifestyle. <clears throat> and there was one night, um, there was one night he like looked at me, he's like, you know, you have such a pretty face. I'm like, oh, thank you. He's like, and your lips, they're so pretty. I'm like, thank you. He's like, but you really need to get some work done on your upper lip. Like, it's just like way out of 
proportion, it's not big enough, blah, blah, blah. And he was like fully giving me the rundown of like what kind of plastic surgery I need to get. And, um, and I feel you, honey, because that stuck with me. It did, like these little comments here and there, like there was like a super powerful night where I was going out with my two best friends and I asked my mom, like, do I look as pretty? She goes, oh, they look so pretty, don't they? And I go, mom, do I look as pretty as them? And she was like, yeah, but you know, like they're just gorgeous. <laughs> And I was like, and that imprinted me. Like I was 17. I don't think I ever got over that. It comes up in enemas and detoxes all the time. It's like, look at this. I'm like, you mom. Um, but my point is things will imprint. Yeah. And I don't want to try and convince you that it's like they go away and they don't. It's like kind of a paradox because I don't see this journey of healing that like we're just trying to get rid of all these things anymore. Instead, it's like learning to coexist with the tenderness of our trauma and all of these imprints that were made into our consciousness. And like when I say learning how to coexist with it, it's like learning how to just hold so much loving space for the one who was criticized or cheated yeah. on or whatever came up. And it's like finding her or him within your system and turning towards them visually is very, very powerful. The, sim the subconscious mind communicates in visuals and symbols. So like almost like find her, like trace her and maybe you'll find her like sitting in a corner, hunched over being like, I'll never be loved. like men are dangerous or whatever it is and like literally imagine you're walking up and putting your hand on her back and being like i'm here i love you you're so beautiful you're so loved and really start communicating with these inner imprints within your system and your psyche in a visual way and they will start to heal and integrate because if that imprint is still here it's because it still has an unmet need it's still believing the truth um, well, the illusion that she's not she's not good enough or there's something right. wrong with her. So it's like coexisting. But I also want to say that these ripples and these imprints, they do start to dissolve. They really do. Like when you start really seeing the truth of what you are, it's kind of like you look at all of that and you can hold space for those energies when they come up, but you can't believe that it's true anymore. Mm. Well, it's actually they dissolve when you realize the when you realize that they were an illusion, like that thing that happened, when you realize the ultimate truth, of what you are, that thing that someone said once upon a time, like the only way to really allow that to dissipate and transcend, the only way for you to transcend that is to realize that that is an illusion, that's not truth, and it's not real. Mm -hmm. And it's only when you can realize that from like a very broader perspective of like, what is the truth of the universe? that that limited comment that someone made once upon a time about the way that you look, about the way that you act, like whatever, is not the truth. It was an illusion and it was just what someone was just going through. And oftentimes people don't see other people, they see just a version of themselves. And so if that person was judging themselves, he's very easily he's very easily able to judge you mm -hmm. and this has actually come up with sarah and i where in i think it was in 2019 where i said certain things 
from time to time that really made a negative impact on her because she believed them to be true. And obviously she did the work that she needed to do to realize that like what is actually true and what's not. And some of those comments weren't the truth of reality. But then she's also brought them up to me today and I don't even remember saying some of those things. I'm like, what, I said that? Like, well, I didn't mean it. Like, I'm sorry, like I- He was just in unconsciousness. Yeah, exactly. So it's like- but it drills into our minds. Yeah, so so in a sense, like be kind to that person and almost forgive that person for saying that thing that he said once upon a time or she said once upon a time because they were just going through what they were going through to the best of their abilities and maybe they said something that they were just actually insecure about and they just projected yeah. it onto you. That's what happened with me and Sarah. I was insecure about something. I made a comment about her thing, but in reality, it was just my shit that I was projecting onto her. And then she brings it up two years later and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're still believing that? Like, no, like, please don't, don't do that. Like I was, I wasn't clear back then. That was just my own shit that I was working through back then, so. A hundred percent of the time it's a projection. Yeah, you know, like, it's not real. When you're a happy, like, when you're a happy person who just loves themselves, you're not going to be mean to other people. You're not going to right. criticize other people. You're like hardly even going to go into a lot of judgments of other people. Um, there's something like there's like a, something that opened up within me when you said like the truth of the universe, mm. and like I could like feel that in my body of like the truth of the, like what is the truth of the universe? The truth of the universe is that you are eternally loved. You are eternally beautiful. It does not matter what your physical form is shaping as with its molecular, like molecular structure. No, like something that I have learned so strongly, I have been initiated so strongly is like, I can't see that the prettiest woman in the room anymore has anything to do with her physical body. Mm. I once upon a time used to go in and I had all of my insecurities. So I would like <clears throat> scan the whole room be like, this is shameful, but I'd be like, am I the prettiest woman in the room? And if that was a no, I would feel very uncomfortable, like almost crippled. Like, I don't know how to engage with this. Like it was, anyway, I think a lot of women can resonate with that, even though there's still a bit of shame around that. Um, but now it's like, I've received so much inner wisdom and insight that like beauty is how much divine energy is moving through someone's system because you can go be around the most beautiful man or the beautiful woman, but you'll sit before their eyes and there's nothing really going on. And that's usually the case because beauty, you know, it's skin deep and it, it inhibits, oftentimes it inhibits someone's consciousness from dropping, dropping, dropping deeper, totally. which is why PCOS and these conditions are such a catalyst, amazing catalyst, because you will heal your body. Your body will regenerate. But the depths that you have reached with your soul in the time of having complete acne or hair fall or whatever it is, it's so profound. Um, so what was my purpose? What was I even talking about? Walking into a room. Yeah, beauty. Yes, okay, so, so if we can focus on tapping into the truth of the universe, which is we are alive, electrical, pulsating, pranic beings with copious amounts of love light information that is able to stream through our system in any given nanosecond that is worth that is truth and that is beauty and it, it's not about physical form anymore and trust me in the coming decades 
it's going to move so far away from that. We're not going to be able to look at people physically and be attracted on that level as much as we have been these this last like 50 or so years. It's changing. Yeah. You know, it's <clears throat> not about just what we're seeing anymore. It's what we're feeling and we're interacting with. And and it's it's you know, it's changing on a societal level, on a global level, just like as we enter the stage of Aquarius, right? Like before, and a lot of times before, it's like what is physically looks attractive, what physically looks good. And then now it's almost like we're shifting away from that into like who you are. And this could even be seen as like social media platforms, right? Like Instagram, for example, it was just about people taking good photos and people looking good in photos. That's all it was. And then you see the evolution of like TikTok being released. Those people on Instagram who are just here looking good, a lot of them aren't on TikTok because they're just trying to look good. They don't have like a sense of personality that they are desiring to display on a platform like TikTok, for example. So it's just interesting to see how like the technology even is facilitating us to start showing up in a way that's far more about like who we are from inside as opposed to what we look like. And for so long, it's just been about what we look like. And now we have YouTube, we have TikTok, we have all these things where like people can't hide any longer. You know, everything's going towards video, at least the technological revolution is going towards video. So it's very hard for people to just hide behind looking pretty nowadays. And, and, uh, and, and just to piggyback off of what you were saying, like the thing that is almost, hmm, I don't know if I necessarily want to share. Yeah, well, I, I guess it's kind of sad to see someone who, hmm, <laughs> let me rephrase this. To me, it's not beautiful to see someone who physically looks beautiful, but doesn't have any sort of personality or any sort of depth or any sort of anything, you know, like to me, that's not beauty. And I, that might sound strange to like someone like Sarah, who's like conditioning or a lot it of the stuff was- doesn't sound strange to me anymore. Okay. Yeah. But maybe once upon a time. Once upon a time. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and so and so like beauty is not is not physical. I just it, wanna it's... add like I know that any man I could ever be interested on this planet is not attracted to woman based on her body anymore. Mm. Like maybe if he's just desiring sex, but that's his own shadowy stuff because he's like desiring just pleasure on the outside without having that true intimate connection. But any man I could ever be interested in, which is only you, but like say you or like anyone else that I would be playing in that field with, like I could never imagine that they would want a woman on their looks anymore. Like that's so beyond like, my our consciousness isn't playing at that level anymore. Totally. Yeah, it's 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 a lot deeper than that. And when you start to when you start to let go of that, you let you, you're in a sense letting go of the physical third dimensional realm and you're now living in more of like a fifth dimensional reality where it's not about the physical anymore. It's about like the internal. And that is the internal in other people, but also the internal in yourself. It's like the external world actually doesn't take as, when you start to awaken and when you start to dive into these things, you realize that the outside world actually is not as intriguing as the inside world. And that's when you start shutting off the news and you start, you know, stop concerning yourself with the noise that's out there because it's infinite and endless. And you start concerning yourself with like, what is in here that I need to look at or to be with. So 
love that. We, I do also just want to share that we are, sorry, I didn't mean to like pull you back. <laughs> we are getting some amazing questions and somehow every single question that you guys have had or shares uh, is perfectly in alignment with not only what we're talking about here, but like what we've recently been going through. So if you guys have any more questions or input in the comments, like please feel well, free we to send them. We'll, we'll keep going. We don't have that much on them, but yeah. Well, we can keep going. Okay. We don't have a time on it. Can we go up? Well, no, this is the next one, Charlotte. Do you want to read it out loud or do you want me to? Sure. Um, so someone asked, how to deal with a partner getting stronger? I feel often intimidated and left behind. I mostly respond aggressively when I see him getting stronger uh, mentally, physically, because I want to feel powerful. And it's funny because Sarah and I have been going through this as well, but then also we've been going through the flip side of this mm. just this past week of me feeling a little bit less strong and more weak. Um, but I remember Sarah saying, because I've been working out in the gym and feeling stronger and being stronger and, and, and building muscle in ways that I hadn't before. And you, you said something to me, but we actually never dove into it. You said, I don't know if this was in a video or, or to me directly, but you said something along the lines of like you were feeling like intimidated by it. Mm. And I don't yeah. know if you want to dive into it, but there's an intimidation in it. Yeah, it, you know. totally. I get it. It's so weird. It's like such a paradox because if he's not in his power and he's not feeling strong and he's just like all vata and on fruit and like, <laughs> ah, la, 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 I'm just like, what? Like, I got nothing to play with here. Um, so obviously, like, I like I'm not I'm not very there isn't a polarity there, which is like a charge on the energy spectrum, like bandwidth scale where it's like. I'm naturally most attracted to him when he has been working out and he's got more testosterone in his blood system. It's like mm. my progesterone can sense that. It's like my female hormones can sense his male hormones. So like on a primal level, there's more attraction. But then there have been times where a huge deal has come through for him or something big has happened or he's like super in his power and he's growing and, and it feels scary. It feels so scary because yeah, it's like the deep part of us that is afraid of being abandoned or left alone mm. or not being good enough or so it's such a paradox because like I feel like I'm a very powerful woman. I've got like a very strong masculine energy. I'm going to need to be <laughs> I'm going to need to be with a powerful man, but it is a paradox because I do notice when he's stepping into his power, it intimidates me. So the way to look at that, and we spoke about it in the last video, is actually contacting the version of you and really getting in touch with the aspect of you, that part, like going in and being like, what part of me is feeling intimidated and what is she what does she want to express? Do this in a journaling exercise. So start with what does she want to express? I'm, I'm afraid that he'll leave me or, or whatever the story and the narrative is. And then write down what is she believing to be true about him, about reality and about herself and do that whole thing. And then go into the nuances of what she needs. What is it that she needs to feel safe right now? Well, actually this is a younger aspect of me that needs reassurance from my adult self that she's a powerhouse too, and that she wants to be with a man who's growing and is strong because ultimately she wants to be feeling safe and secure and protected. So go through a little bit of a healing process with that aspect of you because the only reason she's feeling intimidated is because she's believing something that is not true. 
because we should want our men to be growing strong and getting more powerful and coming into their truth and their alignment. And if that's intimidating us, it's because there's some kind of distortion that's living in the system that needs our loving attention. Yeah, and it, it also just reminds me of when I was talking about the homeostasis of a relationship. We can get very comfortable in our relationships and when one person starts changing and the other person is not necessarily changing either at the level or at the same speed as the other person, it can feel very jarring and it can feel very intimidating. Mm. And so I think the, the mm. solution is just realizing that like this life is all about growth. This life is all about change. That's the one constant in the entire world is change, that everything changes and everyone changes. And it's up to us to just choose to continue to change and to continue to grow. And anytime that we are plateaued or stagnant, like in, in one person is in a relationship where there was someone who's like evolving, expanding, growing, getting stronger, getting bigger, that can feel very jarring. And so I think the, the solution is just to, to change as well, you know, and I don't mean just physical, I mean internal, you know. Is this okay? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, what I want to say is that like we're usually not going to be moving through growth cycles at the same time. No. So oftentimes when we're going through some deep inner child trauma healing, our partner can be like on the rise and working out and like doing all these things or vice versa. Like if you're the male, you could be going through some kind of healing and then your woman is like going through all of these upgrades and she's coming into her sexuality or whatever it is. And it's like our growth cycles can line up at the same time. We have like a pretty good thing of like overlapping cycles, which is really nice. But there's always going to be times in partnership where the cycles aren't matching up and we have to trust, oh, right now I'm not in a crazy growth cycle and I'm in a lot of inner child wounding and I'm feeling more tender and vulnerable and my worth isn't so high right now. And my partner's going through all these things and it's like a really challenging reflection. But I have to remind myself that, well, it's not my time right now, but at some point he's gonna plateau or she's gonna plateau and then be working with their current level. And I'm going to be rising and expanding. And as long as I'm showing up to my soul's whispers, I know that that cycle will come upon me in no time. Mm, totally. Let's, let's look at a few of these going. So the next one says, I'm curious about your experiences of one of you complimenting or deeply desiring someone else of the opposite sex. Example, if Ryan was to say another woman was a bombshell casually when recounting a story. What does bombshell mean? Like a super hot chick. Oh really? God, I didn't know that. I would have thought that that was like a really superficial chick. Although, it, from this level thing. of consciousness, it right. would be the same okay, thing. Okay, got yeah, it. That's how from I'm that previous that. level of consciousness, it's like, oh, she's a bombshell, meaning <laughs> she just looks beautiful, but Ryan, I don't even know her. You if know? Ryan said a woman is a bombshell, I would think he's criticizing her. That's how my vocabulary works. Uh, but what is, okay, let me get my mind around this. If Ryan wants to say another woman was super beautiful casually when recounting a story, well, that's all a reflection with the journey that I'm having with myself. So, well, but she also said complimenting or deeply desiring someone of the opposite sex, including if you were to say the same thing. I feel like this is probably going to be a very a topic that we talk on because it's been like a huge part of our healing sure. and it's like a very vulnerable thing. But we're getting to a point where I feel like we could do a video on it. A full video. A yeah, full video. I agree. Um, 
because we went into an open relationship mm -hmm. and this is where so much pain came up because in a nutshell um don't mean to throw you under the bus. <laughs> hey it is what it is it's okay i forgive you yeah. um but he was being with other people and not telling me about it because he could feel all of my crazy like self-worth stuff going on so he was trying to protect me but he was also in a lot of self-worth stuff so as i was kind of like meeting a couple of men here and there he was saying to me like i don't want you doing that i don't want us to be open and so like there was like this very insecure younger aspect of him that had been broken up and heartbroken at 21 years old that was trying to avoid that pain again so essentially what he did is tell us that we're not going to be in an open relationship and i shouldn't do that which i didn't meanwhile he was still doing it and it's okay you're forgiven it's like I totally see the aspect of you that was was doing that um, so we have had to do so much work on healing jealousies and wanting someone else being with someone else desiring someone else it's been a huge um, part of our journey what do I even want to say on this uh, hang on I do want to say something let me tune in it's it's hard it's hard. It'll bring up the reason why we decided to go into an open relationship is because we were following this man. Well, we still like Aubrey Marcus, love him to death, but he was sharing a lot of stuff about his open relationship with Whitney at the time, which ended up being a disaster and they broke up in the end. Mm. Um, and we were we were listening to a lot of their podcasts where they said open relationships will help you do, to do the deepest work you will ever do in your life because it will open every single wound so that it's gushing with blood and you're just going to have to look at it and look at it and feel your way through it until all of those wounds finally close up and scar. And so we were like, let's do it. We're best friends. We're attracted to each other. We've started having really beautiful intimacy. And then we moved to Asia together. And like, I can't tell you how much healing work we've had to do from that year. Like it was a disaster. It was a disaster for both beings. Yeah. We went through so much pain. Yeah. So where we're at now is neither of us, well, you can speak for yourself, but we, we don't believe that polyamory is a natural thing at least it not for us like we can't speak to the world mm. but monogamy it's like almost if you're being with more people you're desiring more people it's like your attention's going out when you're with someone it's going down and in right. and that's what soulmateship is it's like you start anyway actually. yeah well just just to add to that like one of the reasons why <clears throat> why not just one of the reasons why we were exploring the open relationship thing, not just for the Aubrey Marcus aspect of it, was that I had at the time a lot of energy that was going out. I was I was looking for salvation outside of myself. And so I would look in the physical realm and the whatever realm, but I was I was looking outside for salvation that ultimately lies within inside. So there was within so side. much within. <laughs> within. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um. <laughs> we're getting delirious. We haven't. We're still on a fast right now. So it's all good. Uh, so yes, the, I, I had so much energy going out. I wasn't bringing that energy in, and it's only when people are. Relationships only work when you no longer have that energy going out, where you're looking out there for your salvation, especially in other people. 
And when you start bringing that energy in and you have that with one another. And so I'm sure I made comments once upon a time about someone looking pretty of the opposite sex, you know, back then. But I don't do that now because that doesn't matter to me, nor would that help anything between Sarah and I. Um, but also... Um, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, because you used to have that pattern where you were constantly like looking at women and this and that. That mm. was super strong for you. And that's mm. a really, really strong pattern within men who are not that. fully stepping into their purpose and their mission. And like their sexual energy is like spaghetti just slapping yeah. all over the place. Like you, you, you. Um, but you and don't. And mine wasn't that bad. I mean, it was. <laughs> well, but like compared to other people that we know. Yeah. In a boot. <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, anyway, whatever. Job, yeah. Um, maybe yours was just the average Joe, but I noticed it more because, because I was in love with you, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And like, I had to be like your wing woman in a sense the first two years. But anyway, um, the point is, is that you don't have that anymore. Like yeah. that, like, cause like I'm, you know, like for my work, I have to literally tune into people's subconscious minds. And I do probably a little bit too much of that in my relationship, but like, I can feel him, like I can feel him. And like all of these patterns that used to be alive, they're just not there anymore. You know, it's not that he's never gonna have an attraction towards another woman for the rest of our lives, cause that's just not true. Um, I'm gonna have attractions towards other men at times, other women as well, which has been more coming up lately. <laughs> um, it happens, it happens. And we just have to look at those pains and those contractions and, you know, what we're feeling inside. But my question for you is, when you tune into like that stopping, like mm. you coming into your manhood and no longer like scattering your energy, like what was the shift? Well, that's the thing is that that's a very boy type energy. That's not a man. That's not a man's energy who's looking out there for salvation or women or whatever, you know, like that's still someone who hasn't grown up. So, <clears throat> What shifted was the actualization of the man that I'm here to be from within, which happened in India. I mean, it happened a lot throughout that year, but like India was the major spark. Yeah. But also it felt like I had exhausted every single channel of trying to find salvation in partying once upon a time with alcohol, trying to find salvation in marijuana, trying to find salvation in snooze, tobacco, or, you know, kratzam or, women or relationships or whatever and and you never find it because that salvation that bliss that thing that you're looking for out there in the 3d realm will never be found out there it's it lies within it always has it always will so as soon as you stop trying to hunt for that thing whether it's women or a vice or you know whatever you got whatever you're you got going on and whatever you're you're using as a vice uh the thing that you're looking for in that thing that you're addicted to is not going to be found where you're looking for it. It's going to be found within. And and these vices could be alcohol and drugs or or it can be women or it can be the phone and distracting on, on you know social media. It could be watching Netflix or watching TV or watching the news, you know, all these things that we're trying to find something. You you'll find you'll exhaust yourself to the point where you realize like I can't keep doing that. Mm -hmm. You know? 
Yeah, something that's like vulnerable that I've had to really look at lately is like, okay, so all of the men I've been with, like my worst nightmare has then been like in relationship with me, <clears throat> sharing deep, you know, loving intimacy with me. But then when we go out into a party or something, they're like looking at and checking out other women. Like that always felt so deeply scary for me. And as this journey has been healing between us, what I've had to look at is me looking at other men when I'm in relationship. And why am I doing that? Because I feel a little bit unsafe or I want to make the men that I'm around jealous. Or it's like I've had to look at myself with a magnifying glass because magnifying glass, is that right? Magnifying. Uh, anyway, I would just won't say it. I've had to look at myself <laughs> with a glass because... With the glass. <laughs> with the glass. Because, uh, because anything that I'm accusing of in him, anything I'm intimidated of in him, anything I'm afraid of in him, I'll find it in me. I will, if I really get honest, I will find it in there. And how can I expect that I'm gonna be with a man who's not off checking out other women if that pattern is still even alive within me by 3%. It's like, I have to have to look at that and not no longer be fed whatsoever by validation. Like last night we went to a party and you know there were different various points whether i was standing over here i was on the dance floor where i kind of felt one of those tentacles just slap right onto my skin from another man from a man who's or a woman at one point and just kind of like feeling that and no like once upon a time that fed something in me mm. there was like a, like a, oh well that feels good oh he's right looking at that like yeah. you know because it was such a deep unworthiness that was wanting that validation whereas yeah. nowadays what we're both feeling the more we step into our divine soul mission individually and collectively is that when that happens like a woman is like you know, we did a tantric breath work with different people and I had, he had four different women sitting in front of him. Like I could like see them in the corner of my eye and they're like moving sexual energy. And, oh, and like, there was just like a part of me that like contracted, but I was like, it's okay. They're allowed to have their experience and move all of this sexual energy. But I know what my man is going to be doing. He's going to be holding his own and he's not going to be allowing that sexual energy to hook him in any way. He's going, his field is impenetrable. And for him to be acting in such a way, which is really the dream for so many women in partnership, that's all we want. We have to be acting in that way. Mm. We have to be holding the highest, highest integrity so that when a man, even if he's some gorgeous, you know, man got all this stuff going on, it's like, if that's still validating a part of us, how can we expect that our man is going to be free from that validation requirement? So this journey is like a hundred percent looking at ourselves again and again and again and getting so, so honest. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to read Ashley's comment? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so I'm glad you broached the topic of judging female beauty. Hold on for a second. Can you read it louder? Okay, so I'm, I'm glad you broached the topic of judging female beauty as a woman. I still find that I will have a little inner judger come out, come out and go, oh, she's not that pretty, and I just go nuts on myself, and then a second later I go, I know I'm just talking about myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah. This is, feels like a girly answer, do you want to Yeah, no, how about it? Yeah, I get it, hon. Like, I do the same thing. It's such a deep programming and conditioning to be like, 
oh she's not that pretty oh like oh you know she's got this going on with her this or that it's like oh i know we just have to love ourselves for these things it's just we're part of a matrix system on planet earth that is incredibly shallow surface layer skin deep and the journey of awakening that we all find ourselves on is just noticing these judgments and not piling more judgment onto that thing and instead just going like well, that's just displaying some deep insecurity that lives inside of me that I don't want to feel right now. So I'm going to instead criticize or judge someone else so that I don't have to get in touch with how inherently unworthy I feel mm. or not beautiful enough I feel. Mm. But when we go in and we just touch these things and we get in touch with them and we feel them, they start to dissolve and then we can just start to show up as whatever we are with, you know, the excess weight or the symptom or whatever it is it's like the totality of what i am is exquisite because the totality of what i am is this much skin and meat sack versus this much soul and pranic energy and sensual sexual life force charging through my system and i need to focus on shining more of this into the world mm. and you know like being kind eye gazing being present with someone that is what is so incredibly beautiful yeah we, we can't change what we physically look like that much and we shouldn't try to hyper focus on it especially as our society likes to tell us to do by buying this product or you know getting plastic surgery or whatever but but what we can change and what we do have control over is who we are as people who we are in this world you know and how we treat people and how we treat ourselves so that's really the only thing that we have to like play with and so as long as we're focusing on that and we're doing what we can to be the best versions of self possible to to be as kind as possible or to be as you know the best boyfriend or the best girlfriend or the best you know sister brother or mother or father you know that's what we have to play with and as long as you focus on that the rest will sort itself out your connection with your partner will sort itself out as long as you're doing that inner work and if however if you're not doing that inner work that relationship isn't going to work you know so it's almost like and i've heard this from people of saying like i'm so glad that we met a little bit later in life because we had the work that we needed to do first individually before we would even be ready for the type of relationship that we have now and that is actually what's so that actually kind of happened with sarah and i where when we first met in 2017 we weren't ready for one another like imagine if we started oh a relationship God. back then it would have been a shit show. yeah and so and so we 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 met but we weren't ready for one another and our souls knew that but we didn't even know that we were eventually even going to be in a relationship we, our comic joke is like we're like kissing or making out and then we say like imagine. like could you imagine what our 2017 versions of self would say if they saw this right now when we're like arm in arm and everything we oh would be God. so like we would have been so yeah, shocked because like, we were like brother like, and sister <laughs> yeah um but yeah we kind of we needed to take the time that we needed to take to work on ourselves in order for us to be ready to come together and even in 2019 we we tried to come together but we still weren't ready things still needed to play out and in the way that they needed to and the individual work that we needed to do so that when we came back together this year you know we're ready mm. and so we've, we've been with each other throughout that entire time and it's actually been hard to know one another during that time because of how much shit has mm. come up and how much work we've each needed to do because when you know each other during that time of doing all of that soul work individually 
it's very easy to remember who the person used to be yeah. and still think that that's who they are. And project that. And project them. that, yeah. So Sarah, like I was a certain way in the past, shallow or looking outside or, or women for mm -hmm. love or whatever. And then it's very easy for her to project that onto me today still, even though that's not part of my reality. Mm -hmm. And then vice versa, you know, her going through whatever she was going through back then and me like remembering that and, and sometimes projecting that onto her, but then also realizing like she's not going through that anymore, mm -hmm. you know, like it's all good. Like, don't concern yourself with that, so. Yeah, so I, like to, to come towards the conclusion here, um, if you're not in partnership right now, just know that there is a reason for that. Yeah. There is no lack in this universe. There is no lack in this universe. Our minds want to believe that there is lack and that we've missed out and that we're behind the time and that la la la. It doesn't exist. It's a man-made construct in the human psyche, the egoic structure. The universe is constantly presenting us like we can't miss it. You know, we would have missed our cosmic appointment because our ego structures were like, oh, well, she's not that pretty. And, and that, well, he looks like a bit of a he's geek. He's a grammar his, boy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We weren't even going that. At the time, he was wearing these like glasses and it was like nighttime. And he was wearing those glasses that are like, they're supposed to go completely clear in the day and then they turn into sunglasses at night. Vice versa. Sunglasses so, yes, day, sorry, that's, but we were, it was nighttime, but they were still kind of like this shade in them. And I don't she know thought why. I was a dweeb. Basically. I don't know why I thought that was so dweeby. <laughs> so like our egos were like, <laughs> and then a dog walks into our life and goes like, take me, but I can't take her. So I give her to me and we start co-parenting and then like day by day. And then it's like, oh, you're working at this co-working space. So am I. And day by day we hang out and the ego structure soften and the souls go, and then after about the fifth day of knowing each other, I woke up to messages of Ryan going, Sass, call me, Sass, call me. And I call him and he's bawling his eyes out. And I go, what's wrong? He goes, I just woke up from the most surreal dream. We were in a kingdom and I was on the right, you were on the left and I was the king and you were my queen. Sass, I know this is a past lifetime. And that was on day five of knowing each other. And so it's like, we just needed a little bit of time to realize the significance of the connection. So my point being is that you can miss your cosmic appointment, but the universe isn't going to allow that to happen. Yeah. You cannot say the wrong thing to the wrong, you cannot say the wrong thing to the wrong person. You know, <clears throat> you cannot push someone away. You cannot miss your cosmic appointment. The universe will create that collision again. It will give yeah. you so many opportunities. So if you're not in partnership right now, just know that the solo journey is what's calling. Mm. Even if you've been on a solo journey for the last decade, trust it. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's like the solo journey is where all the work gets done in a way and is preparing you for that time. And I know people that are like, are, you know, in their mid 30s or mid 40s, whatever, and they're like looking for their partner, right? They're wondering when their partner's coming in. But then there's also like me knowing like, but you still have your work to do. Like mm -hmm. there, there's clearly, you're not looking at certain things. There's clearly stuff that you, need to work on in order for that to happen and you want that to happen before you do the work and so it's like you can't do that you got to get it and do your work do your shadow work you know go into the things that you need to go into and realize that your time alone being single for the time being is just a preparation for when you do meet your you know your life partner hmm. beautiful yeah <laughs> All right, well, if you guys have any more questions, feel free to leave them in the comments below and we would be happy mm -hmm. to 
<laughs> Love you, Tori. Thank you, Tori. Yeah, we would be happy to respond if you guys have any questions uh, in the future. So feel free to send them our way and we'll we will, see you I guys. Think, I think we should do a session on, well, like just that, that one thing around like desiring. And I don't know, I think we should do a whole session on like opposite sex and jealousies and feels like it's been such an initiation for us. Well, so here's what I also think we're going to do. I've been showing up here on your Tuesdays uh, on the Soul Tribe, but I think I'm going to talk to Sarah about us showing up uh, every week as well on a separate date um, together. So maybe we can do that as well. And yes, I agree. We should do that video. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Helen just says, what if you can't stop thinking about your ex and being single a long time? Should we comment on that? Yeah, I think I think it's natural to feel that way. And I think that if that's still happening, either there's something there that needs to play out or cord cutting needs to take yeah. place because it's so easy for someone to have tentacles on. I mean, even Sarah, like when she first came to Bali, she was hanging around this dude who was just a friend at the time. He had a lot of sexual energy and Sarah to this day still feels like he's got some tentacles mm. on her. They didn't do anything, nothing, but like he energetically has his energetic tentacles on her. And so that can happen being received or that can happen from his perspective, like given. And that oftentimes creates these feelings of like thinking about that person or thinking about mm -hmm. that ex. And so what's required if you want to have like to, to, to not experience that anymore is to do some cord cutting. You know, I, I remember when I broke up with this woman named Liz uh, in 2015, I had this dream. I, I was very resistant to cord cutting at the time and very resistant to like letting go of the relationship, but I knew that it needed to happen ultimately. And I had this dream where we were on the back of a ship, like a huge ship, like the Titanic, like a cruise. And she somehow fell in the water and I wasn't concerned because it was, it was fine for whatever reason. <laughs> But she fell in the water and we had our umbilical cords connected. And there was a part of me that was like, oh my gosh, Whoa. am I gonna pull her in? Or am I gonna cut this cord? Whoa. Yeah, it was a super trippy dream. That's I, I never told you about no. this, really. Yeah, so she, she fell off and she's like in the water and she's like, pull me, like, you know, help me back. And I just was like, there's only one option here. And I cut the cord oh. and she just, yeah, but it's a dream. Well, like, it, it's just, no, it's, but just it's, it's when an metaphorical. When an, like a, was it like fleshy umbilical cord or was it just like a, it do was you remember? A, it, was like a tra it wasn't like an actual umbilical okay. cord, but it was us connected like okay. through this translucent this cord, right, cord right, right. that was a metaphorical cord. Interesting. Um, and yeah, and so I cut the cord and then she drifted off and then I woke up and I was like, okay, it's done. And wow. then it, that was the end of like my, the, those tentacles or those like desires to go back or, you know, whatever. It's really important that we do cord cutting when someone has, when there's been codependency or when there's been a relationship that no longer works and that we're trying to move on from. The womb immersion. <clears throat> the womb immersion. We do that. We do all of the womb clearing and whatnot. We hold so much. We hold so much, especially if a man has ejaculated inside of us, we're carrying their DNA and energetically even if you weren't intimate with someone you know like we hold so much so we've got to do that clearing come back to our own sovereign power and then from that space if you're still feeling a genuine desire to reach out to your ex-boyfriend or your ex-girlfriend because there's something that's yet to be explored um, then you can do that but it's always best that we do it from a state of feeling sovereign energetically 
Yeah, and one final thing that I want to add to that is what I have found beneficial is to sometimes write that exa letter just to bring that experience to completion. Maybe you don't even send them the letter, but you're just saying how much you appreciated their time, how much you appreciated them being in your lives, how you've grown as a part of it, almost like an acknowledgement letter. Maybe you want to call them and tell them that, or maybe you want to send it to them, or maybe you just want to burn it on the fire later that night. But just bringing that to completion in the form of a letter or, you know, a call and just say, hey, I just really appreciated that time that we spent together. Oftentimes the reason why we still have those desires to like go back or, or whatever is because a completion hasn't taken place where we feel like, ah, it's not complete. I need to say something. I need to share something. And it's really important that we complete our relationships from the past because if we don't, we'll never get over them. Yeah. We'll never move on from them and, and evolve and grow. They're just still kind of being dragged around in that little black box that we mm. spoke about earlier. So Yeah, I've been going through this super recently. I want to quickly touch on um, with the ex-partner I was with. I pretty much jumped from an intimate relationship with him straight into intimacy with Ryan because I was with him in New York in 2018 and then I came straight over to live with Ryan. So I didn't come to a complete completion. Well, but you um, weren't in a relationship with him at the time. At the you time, just, no. like, saw him. Oh, yeah, okay. We spent a month together. You were together. single prior to that, then you spent a month with him. We then, spent a month yeah. together, but we fell in love in this month again and had this thing. And so I wasn't really complete with that until recently. And I, he was coming up a lot and I was talking about him a lot to Ryan. And Ryan's like, Jesus. <laughs> and um, I was thinking about him a lot and um, then there was this situation well first of all I reached out to him and just let him know how much he mean he meant to me and you know the very loving dialogue between us and he sent the same thing and it was like a mutual just respect and love and then it was done like we stopped yeah. messaging and then that night I had a dream that like I was with in relationship with both Ryan and this man and um, he was at this party and I was like more close to Ryan, but I was still having a lot of attraction towards this man, which I do. Like a lot of our connection was based on like we were physically very, very attracted to one another. And then in this dream, I ended up having sex with this man, sorry. Um, but I did and I had a realization of like, he has dark energy in him. <clears throat> like I had this realization in the dream of like, no, like I'm so drawn to Ryan because like he's this pure angelic being. It's like I just feel he's a light and I'm so drawn to his light. I'm drawn to the light of his soul. And so in this dream, I had this realization like, no, I don't want to be with that old man at all. He's not on the same path of me at all. I love Ryan. And since then, I have like not even thought about this man. So a lot of the subconscious healing is taking place in the dream world. As long as we're showing up and we're doing that work, there can be huge completions in the dream state, totally. which is powerful. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> we'll just do this one last question from Megan called, it's saying, how do you differentiate desire and craving? Yeah, I think like desires just feel so deep and so true. Mm. I mean, obviously it's going to be different from like a burger versus like a man or like, you know, being with someone else in your relationship. But a desire is all encompassing and it's like in the body. Desires are so in the body. It's like a like, I don't know, it just it feels so true. Mm. And then a craving feels like something that's quite quick. It's yeah. got a sharper energy. It's more like poignant. It's fleeting. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nice name drop. <laughs> Poignant. <laughs> I didn't know if I said it right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm craving a cheeseburger, but I'm not going to get one. Are you know? We? No, I'm just saying like that's an example of like something that I'm, are we? <laughs> <laughs> a vegan cheeseburger. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, desires are like, especially if it's like a true desire, it's like an internal, like it's it's in the body and especially if it lasts for a long time. Cravings don't tend to last for a long time. Like if you have a craving for cake or dessert or whatever, mm. and it, it'll go away if you just drink some juice or, you yeah, know, yeah. whatever. Get some it's minerals. Like, just go if it's jump like, on the grass. Like. Yeah, I know that you're on the detox path, my love. So if it's like a food thing, get minerals into your body. Like mm. if you're in warmer totally. seasons, like just try and um, make a whole mm. blended thing of tons of watermelon and ginger and drink like a whole like pint of that and then see if you're craving food it's like the body put humic fulvic um, acid minerals get yeah. a lot of minerals in the body because whenever we're having food cravings it's coming from a lack of minerals yeah and that's super big that happens in the united states i don't know about anywhere else but when i was living there for 11 months of the pandemic i was feeling like no matter how much i ate i wasn't getting the nutrients that i needed from the food and what i realized is it was because the food with the land is just depleted and the food is depleted and GMO and all the other crap that they're doing to it. And so it doesn't have the nutrients that I was truly looking for. And then all of a sudden I come to Bali and that that like incessant desire of nothing is fully satisfying me like goes away because the food here is like rich and grown on the land and on this, in this volcanic soil that's very mineralized. So uh, minerals are super big, mm. especially if you live in the Western world, like get some minerals and make sure that you're taking them because the foods there traditionally are not that, are not that, um, nutritious baobab shizanja goji berry humic fulvic acid tons yeah. of sprouts, sprouts tons of organic yeah. greens yeah. lots of different minerals thank you everyone Amazing. for joining that was nice yeah that was beautiful we will be showing up again in this uh, Facebook group on another topic and we'll let you guys know a few days in advance I am recording Facebook lives in this group as well every Tuesday 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and Sarah and I will consider doing this every week on this day but we might pick another day as well um, we'll just need to chat about it <laughs> she said that's it I'm moving to Bali <laughs> I love it <laughs> that's funny um, yeah, come it's to a Bali. beautiful place <laughs> I did yeah. notice that we had m much more live attendance during the week maybe Friday evening isn't such a good time anyway we'll have to do a poll or something but we'll figure it out yeah Love you all. Thank you for joining. All right. Thank you. See you next time.